Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome back to Live Your Personal Best. I'm so excited for today's episode because we're talking with Jem and Jem, you know, she just embodies everything that we kind of talk about here of knowing when to pivot and trying something new and just not being afraid. Put yourself out there and being a beginner again. She used to be a professional ballerina. Then she transitioned into triathlete, transitioned to Pilates, like everything else. And so I love hearing about her journey all the things that she learned along the way that are going to help you on your own health and fitness journey. And so I think that you're going to get a ton out of this. But before we get started, I did want to let you know that my book, Elite to Everyday Athlete, is officially published online on Amazon. You can get paperback, Kindle, and it covers everything that we talk about here of how to go from someone who used to be a competitor and used to be in team sports. And now what? Now how do you create a new routine? How do you become an athlete again without competition? And I think that you're going to love this book, especially if you love the conversation today. So check out the link below, right to Amazon, Elite to Everyday Athlete. And with that, let's get started. What's up and welcome to the Live Your Personal Best podcast. This is the place where I help current and former athletes like you to show up confidently in the gym and in life. I'm your host, Emily Kaufman, a former Division I athlete and author of Elite to Everyday Athlete. I'm going to show you how to stay motivated in reaching your goals and how to have more fun doing it. So let's sweat it out and start living your personal best. Hey guys, today we are joined by Jem. She's a former professional ballerina, current triathlete, entrepreneur, author, and coach. She coaches high-achieving and ambitious people to design their best rich life lived on their terms. I'm so excited that you're joining us today. Oh, Emily, thank you so much for inviting me on. I'm really excited to be here too. Yeah. So I'd love to learn a little bit more about your background because I know that you went from being this professional ballerina then to an Ironman triathlete, which is a huge transition. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah. So I grew up as a classical ballerina. So from the age of four, my life was pretty much set. I was going to be a ballerina and everything. It was my everything and, and my only thing, really. And I progressed through the rank of classical ballet very quickly. It's a very young career. So by the kind of age of 10 to 12, I was dancing 14, 15, 16 hours a week and going all over the country um, for various kind of training programs, etc. And I actually pursued that all the way to professional level. But unfortunately, a stint of um, pretty severe illness kind of really threw a spanner in the work and not only sort of delayed my uh, professional development as a dancer, but also very much altered my outlook in many, many ways. And just sort of what was vitally important to me was my health and being able to live to the fullest, I guess. And through one thing and another, I ended up by stepping away from the classical ballet world. So at the tender age of 19, I was a retiree, um, having sort of moved away from that sport. Um, And I was kind of lost with uh, sort of left with unknowingness. It was a big kind of void of where every plan I had had sort of been turned in its head. But I, I'm not really a um, fan of losing and I wasn't going to lose to the situation either. So it was a case of, okay, this is pretty rubbish. What do I do about it? 
And I was not really certain what to do. And what you do when you don't know what you're going to do is go and get a university degree. So that's where I headed off. And I was in search for another sport to kind of fulfill that, I don't know, that that high striving sort of energy, I guess. Um, Once a professional athlete, always a, a professional athlete. So I found endurance sport. Really, I was so drawn to the sheer mental strength that it took. But it was kind of crazy because I'd never run more than 5K in my life. I didn't have a bike and I was petrified of water. So it definitely was a challenge breaking into the triathlon world. But once I did and once I started, it led me to huge amounts of kind of personal growth and kind of discovery, if you like. And also is what fuels my kind of entrepreneurial missions, realizing that triathlon was a very, very expensive sport and I needed to fund it somehow. And that's how I got into kind of entrepreneurship and into consultancy, which I did many years before this. So yeah. I love that. That's so funny. You're like, I didn't own a bike, don't (laughs) swim, don't run. And you're like, this is my next sport. Yeah. I mean, well, it certainly was a challenge. And there's something about me. I definitely love a good challenge. So this was sufficiently large, I think. And it's still like, I came from a world where there was such an ideal and such a perfect, like in ballet, you are just striving for perfection the entire time. And in triathlon, it, there is no perfect. If you're too good at one sport, you won't be a very good triathlete. Like it, you have to be the merry man in the middle that is fighting to balance these three sports. And I would say also a, a massive component is that mental side as well and that mental strength. And that has been a really sort of expansive and incredible journey. And I see so many crossovers now in other aspects of work, business and, and life as well, where that's come through. Yeah. Wow. That's so interesting. I never thought of it like that. Like you can't be too good at one of the sports or like one of the like legs of the triathlon because yeah, then you'd be like neglecting the other. So it's almost like a forced balance in that sense. Yeah, totally. It's so many things. And when you break it down, I don't know if anyone listening here has done the triathlon, but if they have, they'll know that it's not only the swim, bike, run, but it's also the transitions, you know, in between which are all counted in your race. And then there's really your fundamental components like nutrition, because if you're racing for say, I do half Ironman. So my races are between kind of four and six hours, depending on the course. And it's like, that's a really long time, really, really long time. If you mess up your nutrition, you mess up everything. So there's all these balancing components, um, which are so, so key. But what I love about triathlon is you literally have no idea who is going to win. They might be old, they might be young, they might have a swimming background they might have a horse riding background a ballerina background they may be you know large small every body type you can imagine and it doesn't matter we're all like going through this incredibly challenging event all fighting for this goal and to be kind of the best versions of ourselves despite of any adversity that happens along that half day of racing and come out you know doing what we can on the other side so I think that's a really a very very special sport to be a part of. Yeah, definitely. Especially with it being, as you said, four to five hours. That's not something that you can just do without the planning. You have to plan the nutrition and the night of sleep before and everything that goes into it. It's not something you can like go out on a whim. Lots of people do. And, you know, when you, even when you go up to full Ironman distance, which is what I will do when it's racing between, I mean, the cutoff full Ironman is 17 hours. So some people do that right up to 17 hours. And it's a hugely long time. And some people do wing it. And I don't want to wing something like that myself. Yeah, people do. And it, but again, it comes through. It's just like, it's amazing. The body can do anything. It's a mind that stops you. I think it's a really true one. 
in, in triathlon for sure or in most endurance sports. Yeah. Is there any like big hurdle that you've had to overcome with becoming a triathlete? I mean, you've been an athlete your entire life, but starting something new now, is there anything that you kind of have to like work through or especially with that transition? Well, 100% I had a massive water phobia. So for me, that was probably one of the biggest things I've ever had to overcome. It was I was literally born with a fear of water ever since I was a, a baby girl. I was petrified of water and um, to the point that I wouldn't actually go in a pool, let alone the sea, where I now race. And that was something I kind of approached and it was like, well, you know, I really kind of really suffered from like panic attacks and just like full on phobia and it just filled me with dread the water. But very quickly, I realized that it was just like, okay, this is like a massive limiter to me. It's like a limiting belief. I know it's not real, you know, all these other people are racing and they can do it and the water's safe enough in the water with boats around me and all the rest. And it was a case of, okay, well, what do I want now and what do I want most? And what I wanted most was to be a successful triathlete and win at my sport. And it wasn't really conducive being having mindset of kind of limiter on myself of saying that I can't or, you know, letting that anxiety and those emotions, which were deep seated and super strong, sort of take over was not really conducive to my end goals. So I sort of like, I really had to approach this and I basically did self-induced fear training, what I call it. I forced myself into the lakes near where I live and I took myself swimming twice a week, every week, four weeks and did a lot of kind of like mindset work of, okay, how do I look at these emotions I'm feeling, but interpret them differently. So they affect me differently because I understand that kind of stress, we feel it, you know, whenever we feel stress and when you're scared of something, it's a form of stress or when you're stressed in your business or when you're stressed in, you know, other life things, your body interprets it relatively like the same way. It's like if you're stressed at the beginning of a start line or you're stressed because you have to go and see your boss about something you've done wrong, your body still gives you the same symptoms. You get that dry mouth, you get the kind of hollow stomach, you get just shaky, your heart races, all these things. And it's just like the parasympathetic nervous system. This is the nervous system reacting. And I had to learn to kind of like interpret that differently. It's like, okay, well, I'm feeling these nerves, but they're just the same nerves as I get when I've got a tight deadline. Okay, well, maybe I look at it like that. And I also really worked on thinking, okay, well, this water is not going to hurt me. It's here to kind of help me because this is a key part of my triathlon. So really looking at how I could work with the situation rather than fighting it. And that was a really, really key thing. So a combination of like just forcing myself however many tears and like procrastination and all the rest it was to get myself in that lake. I just exposed myself to the emotions more often. So I was having more opportunity to practice not being so scared. And then also like going away from that and just spending some time, like really focused action time when I was stepping back and thinking about what was going on and helping kind of reshape my mindset around that. So that was probably the biggest thing I have really like overcome in sport. Um, I mean, there are lots of other things like bodies of a ballerina are not really meant or designed for triathlon. And there was a lot of work and a lot of hustle there. Certainly kind of as one of the personal, emotional, I suppose, and physical things I've, I've kind of ever come overcome was that. Yeah, no, that's a huge accomplishment, you know, even just going from that thought of being afraid of water to then, okay, I'm actually going to do a competition with it. And I loved the two questions that you asked yourself. It was like, where do I want to be now? And then what was the other one? What were the two questions? Where am, um, what do I want now? What do I want most? I love that. Is that kind of just like something that you like use to like check in? 
Yeah, it's basically just a phrase I kind of, I live by. I think there's a lot of, yeah, I think it's so, so key. There's so many situations like that. It's like, well, you know, some things you can get away with. Even things like, oh no, if you skimp on, you know, the healthy meal, it's fine if you do it once, but if you constantly do it and your end goal is to, you know, peak in your sport or it's to have a certain weight goal or whatever it is, and you're taking actions that aren't aligned to the end goal, then you're not going to get there. So it's a case of, yeah, I suppose approaching things, okay, this may be uncomfortable, but I'm prepared to be uncomfortable for a hot minute so I can get what I really want and get the true outcome I desire. Because we all know like, hey, you know, that fast food might be nice once off, but really do we enjoy it that much or do we enjoy like, you know, full health or whatever it is? So making these decisions for the the longer term benefit is often something that we need to kind of train ourselves to think about. Yeah, I like that kind of like making sure that what you're doing now is actually for the benefit long term, you know, especially if you are working towards those longer goals, or they feel so far away. It's like, okay, well, what am I doing today to help me get there? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then I know that another one of your sayings that you have is success is guesswork, hard work, or the becoming CEO framework. Like framework, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, like hard work or framework. That? Yeah. So so my yeah, I wrote a framework or I wrote a book around this, which is it's called Becoming CEO of Your Best Rich Life. And that's all about very much taking ownership and control of whatever it is that you want whatever the version of the best, the richest and the most fulfilled life you want, whatever it looks like, it's really in your power to be able to achieve that should you choose to do that. And I very much think, yeah, for a long time, I kind of like struggled through and I really just like fought against like seeking help. And I was just figuring out myself because that's, you know, I was kind of high striving and just like hard working. And I just thought hard work equals success. And so for a long time, I was doing a lot of guesswork, really just trying to figure it through myself. And it was a lot of hard work as well when I got it wrong just like hustle and mistakes and just things like that. And then finally, I realized that kind of ultimately, if we want to get to where we are in goal faster, it's a lot quicker if we have a framework and it's a lot more sort of friction free and seamless. So I wrote this kind of framework, which is called Becoming CEO of Your Best Rich Life. And I'm very soon to launch a program, which is called The Best Rich Life Accelerator, which really helps people in aligning the kind of four pillars of ultimate success. So um, the physical side and, and how they're looking after their body so they can peak physically. And that's a lot taken from kind of my elite sports background, as well as the mindset. So mindset mastery is really, really key and knowing what information is helping us and which like beliefs are are not so valuable, not so useful for us. The energy component, which is huge, like alignment and really feeling true to your goals and your desires and making that aligned action. And then finally, that business component, because a lot of the ideas we have in our kind of best or rich, fulfilled lives involve money. And by best rich life, I don't necessarily only mean making, you know, six or seven figures and being a millionaire. It's not really about that. The rich side is rich in experience, rich in time, rich in freedom, rich in Uh, you know, family time, whatever it is, and whatever it means to you, we need a sustainable income source, whether that's your own, or whether that's working out how to make a job work for you. So my kind of my framework really worked around this to support people in balancing them all out. I learned from a lot of doing a lot of things wrong, you know, a fair few rides as well, and bringing that together in the program. 
Yeah, no, I feel like we definitely all start at a place of guesswork. We're like, okay, I see where I want to go. Like, let's try everything to get there. And then Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, going into having a framework kind of brings you back to being that athlete or being that competitor. Okay, a lot of times in sports, we have a plan and we like build up to different competitions where in life, you might not have that. Yeah, totally. I think it it can be difficult, but there's a lot of there's a lot of support out there. And I think this is where you got to sort of realize that seeking help is never a weakness. It's actually a sign of massive strength. Because when you have mentors, when you have coaches, when you have the right sort of support group around you network, whatever, that is when you can really step up and step into really what you can achieve and what you can do. Yeah, no, I love that. It's great advice. And I've loved this whole conversation. Is there Mm -hmm. any one last piece of advice that you'd love to leave? everyone with oh gosh I say uh, like lots of different things I think coming up but I would say one of the biggest things that stops us ever reaching our goals or like our highest level of us ourselves is actually just starting and it's like when I started in triathlon I had no clue like nothing I had one pair of hand-me-down cycling shorts no bike and like nothing and it was just a case of hey you know whatever happens and just diving in and being prepared to take that messy action. So I always say like, if you if you have the goal of kind of peaking or like getting to results or an outcome that you really desire, don't be afraid to take that first step it will be the absolute crucial one to get you ahead of so many others that have never had the tenacity to do that. Yeah. And I mean, you're definitely someone that's lived it. You've come a long way from being someone afraid of the lot, not a runner or anything. And now you're going from half Ironman to full Ironman. So that's incredible. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your journey. Where can everyone find you, learn more about you, all of that? Awesome. Oh, well, thank you so much again for inviting me. I'm really, really great for the opportunity. Um, the best place to follow me and my journey is probably on Instagram, which is at Jem Cooper. And you're also welcome to check out my website, which has my programs and my coaching as well, which is www.carriejemimacooper.com. And there's the info one there as well. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, do me a favor and take a screenshot right now and post it on your Instagram story. You can tag me at live your personal best at live your personal best. Come say hi, come say what's up. I would love to connect with you and this would help support me to continue bringing you free content. Thanks and see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.